Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners, how we can serve our existing clients well, and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Eubanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome to episode 26. This episode is about how to write a sales email to a warm audience. So this isn't a sales email to a cold audience. Sometimes you will see on Google if you search sales email, a lot of the suggestions that will come up is about writing to a prospect, someone who you really don't know. A lot of times it's done in a B2B situation, so a business to business. Maybe one software company, a salesman in a software company will reach out to the director of whatever in another company and they don't know each other. So that's a cold email. That's a cold sales email. They're trying to start a conversation between one business and another business. Now, most of us listening to this episode, we are in the B2C world. So we're in the business to customer world. And so a warm audience for us are people who are already on our newsletter. They're used to hearing from us. They have probably already bought from us before. And so that's what I mean by a warm audience audience. So this episode is about how to write a basic sales email to a warm audience. And before I go any further too, I want to clarify, this is not going to be a sales email that takes 14 scrolls to get to the bottom. I know you have seen those sales pages and the sales emails that are extremely lengthy. Now, believe me, those are built on purpose. Research shows that someone that reads all the way to the bottom, that means they read about the benefits, they read about the features, they read about the creator, they read customer reviews. When they get all the way to the bottom, that person is ready to buy. If someone doesn't get all the way to the bottom or they don't click to buy at the very first button at the top that says enroll in the course, then guess what? They're just not in the buying mindset. So those emails are written very purposeful. That's not what we're writing today. We are going to write a short sales email to your audience that's ready to buy. And I'm going to give you a little background about that here in just a second. Today's episode comes from a dear friend and client of mine. Crystal Brewer is the owner of Huntsville's Rocket City Social. And she spells it S E W. C-I-A-L. Get that? So, she'll sew. Because what she does is she teaches sewing classes from kids age 8 all the way up to 88. And she also rents a long arm to quilters that are interested in using it. And she does have a lot of quilters that enjoy spending time in her studio learning from her and using that long arm. Crystal Brewer is based in Huntsville, Alabama. That's where Rocket City comes from. So listeners, if you're not in the area, Crystal is not offering virtual classes at this time. So I am just giving a short plug to my friend Crystal for those of you that are in the Huntsville, Alabama area. Okay, what she is doing is offering homeschool sewing courses here in a couple of weeks. She has actually already had people 
reach out to her and say, hey, Crystal, when are you offering these year? When are you offering these courses this year? And really, are you offering these courses this year? What we're doing is writing a sales email to this very warm audience. We'd almost say that they're hot. Like they have literally already contacted her about this product that she offers. So there's some background. And before I go further, I want you to know that I will link to this email in the show notes. So I will take you to my website so that you can look at the email that I'm referencing during this podcast episode. I also want you to know that Crystal gave me permission to share our conversation in this email. So I wanted you to know that as well. And you can go access the sales email and look at it without having to put in your email address. But however, if you would like to get on my newsletter, I would love for you to be there. I'll include a subscribe box there as well. That brings up another good point. Crystal has been active over the last couple of years of sending newsletters to her audience. And she really writes them as a letter, which that's exactly what a newsletter should be. Meaning she starts with some things that are happening in her life as far as sewing or how the courses are going. And then she goes into talking to her audience about what's coming up. But when she and I got to talking about what it is that she needed from me, she was very clear that she wanted to sell out this homeschool course at the end of August. She wanted it to be full. And honestly, she's only taking four or five students because it's July 2020 and we're among COVID requirements right now. Plus, she likes to give students a lot of her attention and she can't fill the room with 25 students and give them attention as they're sewing. So I tell you that to say her audience is used to receiving information in their inbox when she has new information to share them. So this is not something brand new to them to receive something about courses. Now, we did write it differently because we had a different intention. She was very clear with me up front. I want to sell this course. I want people to know about it. I've had people ask me about it and I want to get these dates out here. And her ultimate goal is to sell the course, sell out this course offering. So we wrote it with that intention. So I wanted to clarify the difference between a newsletter and of course, in a newsletter, you're going to mention your products and your courses when it makes sense, but it really may sound more like a letter versus what you're going to see as a sales email. We were very clear up front. We're talking about a specific course and here's the date and here are the prices. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about the sales email that I wrote for Crystal in two ways. We're going to start by looking at the actual visual thing that was happening in this email. A lot of people think that copywriting only has to do with writing. It only has to do with words. That's not really the case. Copywriters think in their heads, how are the humans who receive this going to digest this material? And when I say digest, I mean, understand it. So that's why you see in lots of emails that are written by professional copywriters, there's lots of spaces between, between the words, meaning 
they may only have a paragraph with two or three sentences at the most. And then they go to the next. Because we know that humans nowadays scan. They scan like crazy. So by putting chunks between large groups of words, you are able to let them hit the high points as their brains catch just that first couple of words per chunk. I hope that makes sense. Okay, let's delve into some visual tricks that you can put into your sales email. This first one builds on what I was just talking about, keeping paragraphs brief. Now, the reason for this is because it creates lots of white space and white space lets the brain relax and breathe and not panic. Sometimes your paragraphs can be as short as just one sentence or even one word or two words. The point is, is that we want to keep the white space very evident because think about it. How many times have you opened a book before and it was nothing but words on that page or you've opened an email or you've seen a caption on Instagram or Facebook and it's nothing but words. There's no paragraphs. There's definitely no white space. What that does to you is instantly you panic for a split second. Your brain thinks, I don't have time for this. I can't read this right now. There's no way I'm going to understand it. And you move on. Well, that's not what we want to happen. If we can get people to actually open our emails, we want them to hang there for a little bit. So by keeping your paragraphs short, then you create lots of white space and that calms the brain. Now, as you keep your paragraph short, that first pair, that first sentence, I'm sorry, the first sentence in each paragraph and even the first couple of words in that sentence should be the most important because what you can do is take your reader through your whole email and by them reading just the first sentence of each paragraph, really know what the email is about. That's really what you want to do because we want to take them through that email, keep them around long enough to do the ultimate call to action, to hit that buy now button or to click the link that says snag my spot. Okay. The second visual trick, use images just like white space. It allows the brain to relax while still keeping the email reader engaged in the product or service that's for sale. Now images are not required. In fact, I've read a lot of great sales emails that don't have any images, so they're not required, but they can be helpful in taking a customer through the story of a product or service, helping to tell that story in a, in it through illustrations, through things that people can really read and start to visualize it taking place. And when possible, use images taken for your business. Stock photos that you've purchased or ones with common use licenses are great. But if we want to build loyalty, if we want our readers to delve into and have a passion about us and our businesses and the products or service that we're selling, we really want to do that through images that are our own. However, if you don't have a lot of your own images that you can get to, I understand. I've been there. I'll be there again. Here's, here's a trick or two. 
head to Google as you normally would and type in whatever it is that you're looking for, such as smile. Maybe you want to include a picture of a beautiful smile. When you click search and it comes up, be sure that you then click the gray word images so that you now have all of just the smile images. From there, look for the word advanced search or find the word tools. Either one of those will do. And then from there, you're looking for something like usage rights. That is then where you're going to get to click something such as labeled for reuse or labeled for commercial resharing. You'll know they, they have three or four options and they all make sense that you as a business owner can use this image in something that you want to do. Obviously, buying stock photos or paying a photographer or asking your best friend or your spouse to take pictures of your business, of your office, of your packaging, whatever, that is going to be the best option because you know that you have the right to use those images. And I only put this in here because I have read of a case or two where business owners have gotten images that they thought were perfectly good for them to use and then a photographer came back and sued. And so just be very clear that when you're getting images from somewhere like Unsplash or Pixabay, those are sites where you can find free images that technically have the common use license, meaning that they can be used in common, commonly. But another option that you can do, at, I'm sorry, a best practice that you can do is to then copy the photographer and give that photographer credit on your website or in your email or wherever you're using that image. So just a little heads up about getting images and being on the up and up about it. Now, another fun way, and it's related to images, is using a Jiffy a, or Giphy. I'm not exactly sure how to say that, but I know you know exactly what I mean. It's the means that are animated. A lot of email service providers such as MailChimp already have Jiffy's loaded in their content library. So if they're in the content library of the email service providers, you have a right to use those. That's another fun image that you can use inside your emails. The next one, and it's a big one in my opinion, lists. Lists are powerful because you get to put a bullet next to it or an arrow. And I use, I like to use the greater than sign. That's what I call it on my keyboard. It's the key that's got the period and then the greater than or the, the little end of an arrow at the top. That's a great way to pinpoint the things that you want your reader to hone in on. In Crystal's email for Rocket City Social, I listed the benefits of students, kiddos coming to this class, to this homeschool sewing class. So I used my list sparingly because I wanted to really talk about the most important things, what I thought would sway parents the most and getting get them to enroll their kiddo. And I listed those things right there. So lists are powerful. A little note of warning, be careful of using emojis inside the text. 
of your email, sometimes you think, oh my goodness, I'm going to write a list and I'm going to use the smiley face emoji as the bullet. That's a great idea and it will work for some email platforms, but other email platforms may read that emoji as a weird, the J or a little squishy gummy bear, something that, that you were not intending. So emojis are fantastic in a subject line or at the beginning of a line or an end of a line where it's not going to ruin the message, the meaning of your sentence, but don't use it in the middle of text or at your most important part of your email, like your list. I would clear, I would still, I would steer clear of emojis if it was me. Just my opinion. Next, and this is an obvious one, bolded words or italics. Wow, I love some of bolded words, but I am very careful where I use them because just like lists, you want to use this sparingly so it really does grab people's attention. In my early days of writing blog posts, I love some bolded words. I'm telling you, but whole bolded sentences, multiple ones right behind each other, a whole paragraph would be bolded. And technically, there's nothing wrong with that. But in a short sales email, I want to be very careful about the words that I bold because I want to grab people's attention to the most important words. Don't waste their time. Do not waste their eye scanning. Use that bold as sparingly. Treat it as very important, but use it still. Another visual is to be sure to include buttons for purchase or links for purchase. And you don't have to use it just at the end of your email. Be sure to put a link or a button towards the beginning of your sales email so that when someone opens it and they already know they want to buy, don't make them wait all the way to the end of your email or to scroll all the way to the bottom to buy. Just make it easy. I know that you have opened your email in the past and thought you already knew you wanted to buy this product or you wanted to enroll in this class. You did not need even 200 words to convince you. Make it easy for that person, the person who is in that buyer's mindset. And then, of course, include a button towards the bottom that for those that really did need to kind of read and decide if that's what they're going to do. And last, I may get a little pushback on this, but I'm telling you, please include your picture, friend. By including your picture, it makes this email so much more human. The people that open this email and read it know that it came from a real person, a real business owner. Oftentimes you see people's picture, the business owner's picture, either in the heading at the very beginning of the email, it's normally a little small picture, or you see it in the signature at the end of the email. It doesn't matter to me where you put it, but please make sure that you have a picture of yourself so that the reader can visualize this is the business owner, this is the human, that wrote the email that I am reading. It does help to build rapport and loyalty. And I'm telling you, if you get brave and include your picture in your email, I don't care if it's a sales email or a newsletter, whatever, forward it to me. Forward it to me at hello at inspiretoengage.com. Hello at inspiretoengage.com. And two is spelled T-O 
and there's no spaces between inspire to engage. I would love to see your newsletter or sales email where you really got bold and said, you know, I've not included my picture in the, in the beginning, but I'm going to now. Hey, hey, before we go any further into this episode, I just want to ask you, can you tell me about your ideal customer story? I mean, really tell me. I don't mean just, yes, it's a male or a female, and yes, he or she is in her 30s. That is just not going to cut it. For about three years, I spent a lot of time doing a lot of work without being very clear. And so I sat down a while back and wrote an ideal customer story. It helped me begin to visualize and get really clear exactly who I serve. And once I knew that, writing social media, writing emails, thinking about landing pages, making decisions in my business about if I was going to do that or not do that became much easier because I had a target in mind. It would be like us prepping for a race. We knew that we're going to go run this race on a certain day, but we didn't know how many miles we were going to cover and we didn't even know where the finish line was. That would be rather silly, yet that's what a lot of us do for our businesses for a long time. We just know what it is that we want to do, but we haven't become very clear about who it is that we want to serve. So it's like running a race and not knowing where the finish line is. I was miserable during that time, and I don't want other business owners to be unclear and miserable like me. I created a course called Creating an Ideal Customer Story. Right now, it's selling for $19.99 on my site, inspiretoengage.com. You'll see a button in the top right that you can grab it. Now, the course itself is only about 90 minutes. So by the time that you grab your computer and your notebook or your pencil, whatever it is, and you get down to working through the course in about two hours, you will walk away with much more clarity. I'm telling you, that clarity about who you want to serve, it also leads to a confidence and to a freedom because you now are not apologetic when you show up to social media. You don't feel like you're just taking up space. You know that you are there because you are here to serve this person. You have purpose. And with that purpose comes that confidence and freedom. So once again, head to my site, inspiretoengage.com. It's all lowercase and the word to is spelled out, T-O. And you will see a button there that says, grab the course, Creating an Ideal Customer Story. Currently, it's $19.99. And like I said, in less than two hours, you will have clarity and you will feel more confident and more free. Okay, back to the episode. Okay. I've talked about some visual tricks that we business owners can use in our sales email. Those things that let the brain breathe, make us feel comfortable as readers, while simultaneously still sharing information. Let's talk now about three writing tips, the actual words that we're going to use. First up, make your subject line straightforward for a sales email. We want to get right to the point 
in our subject lines. Remember, we're writing a sales email to a warm audience. This audience is already used to getting information about products, services that are for sale. They're used to getting our newsletters. So receiving information from us is not anything new. When they see our email sitting in their inbox, we want them to know instantly this email is about blank. So for Crystal's email for Rocket City Social, the homeschool course that she's selling that begins at the end of August, I think it began something like, I don't have it right in front of me, but it the subject line was homeschool course registration now open. Something along those lines. I had to use a lot of words right there that happened to be kind of long. Homeschool was important. Course, I couldn't say homeschool now open. That didn't make any sense. Had to use the registration. I may have could have poked around and found something different than registration. But I wanted them to know instantly that this homeschool course that you've been asking for, it is open now. It's ready to go get into this email. I did not mince words on the subject line. And so for a subject line on a sales email, it's just best if we get straight to the point that we that we create just a sense of urgency. Now open, limited space, enroll soon. Let them know that it's happening now and it needs to be taken care of. Sometimes email service providers like MailChimp will also allow you to write a preview text line. Now, know that in some email platforms, when the email lands in the inbox, it doesn't always show a preview text, but some of them do. So I still encourage you that if your email service provider, something like Constant Contact or MailChimp allows you to write a preview text, do it. And then just like with a subject line for a sales email, we're not going to mince words. For Crystal's, I wrote limited space so that if someone in their inbox gets to see the subject line and the preview text, it'll say something like this, homeschool course registration now open, limited space. Once again, there's that urgency. They know that it's happening and they need to act soon. Tip number two, turn features into benefits. Let me say that one more time. Turn the features of your service and product into benefits because benefits is what really sells. Think about the pain points that we have because it's painful for us, because it takes us too much time, or it's because something we don't understand it. If someone is willing to fix that pain for us, that is what we're going to sign up to buy. We don't care that the, that the tool is 17 inches long or that it comes with 17 batteries. We don't care about those things. We just want to know that it's going to be fixed. So that's the benefit. Let me give you a quick example. Let's say that I have for sale an ebook with, that's 14 pages and it's got 700 social media tricks in it. So those are features. It's an ebook. 14 pages, 700 tricks. Now, we've got to take those features and translate that into benefits. Ask ourselves, why does a buyer care? Why does the buyer care about 14 pages, 
700 Tricks, and it being an ebook. Well, in our world, our small business world, the reason that some buyers may care is because we spend a lot of time on social media. And because we spend a lot of time on that, we want to see some progress there. We want to see some fruits from our labor. So benefits might be garner more engagement. Feel comfortable posting on fill in the blank. Because think about what it feels like to get onto a new social media platform. <laughs> feels like you've never done it before. So those are benefits. And the reason those are important is because we want to talk about those benefits towards the beginning of our sales email. Now, I want to challenge you to take that one step further. To take the benefits, so garner more attention, sell more product, feel comfortable posting. And I want you to translate that to a picture. What words can we use to create a picture in somebody's mind about those benefits? So we've started with our features, 14 pages, 700 tricks. It's an ebook. We are now talking about the benefits, garner more attention, I'm sorry, garner more attention, feel comfortable posting on social media, and then sell more product. Now let's talk about what would a business owner look like or feel like if those benefits were really happening to him or her? It might look something like this. Open up your DM to more messages than you can possibly answer about the necklace that you just posted last night and they all want to purchase. So when we say phrases like that, now the reader, who I'm assuming is another business owner, can imagine opening that Instagram app and then realizing that she has something like 15 messages. And when she goes into her DM, she realizes all the messages are like, how much does that necklace cost? Where do I buy it? Right there, you have a happy business owner. So that's what I'm trying to say. Take the features, the details, translate those into benefits. And one of the things that you can ask yourself is why would the buyer care? Why would the buyer care about these features? And then if you can take it one step further, if these benefits happen, what is the buyer's life gonna be like? What is an, an experience that the buyer is going to have? And you can use those words in some of your opening paragraphs to paint that picture, to make those benefits come to life. Now, really quickly though, I do wanna say a little side note here. If you head to my website and you look at the sample email, so it will be at inspire to engage forward slash sample sales email, sample sales email. So if you go there, you are going to see though, the first line of Crystal's email is going to say the date and the time of the course. And you're going to say to yourself, well, Rachel, you have got that really large and bolded. That's a feature. Why are you starting with a feature? Well, because many of you are parents and you know that you cannot enroll a one of your kiddos in a course if you physically can't get that kiddo there. I know as a parent that technically that is a feature. 
But as a copywriter, let me say that again. As a copywriter, I know that the date and the time of the course is quote unquote a feature. But as a copywriter, we can't use, we cannot lose our common sense here. Parents have to know first and foremost, can they get their kids to this course? So I did have to start with that feature. I also know that people have already asked for, ask her for this, for this course. So I wanted to make it really easy for those that are ready to purchase. I want them to get into that email and know instantly, can they make it to this class? Because I know some of them are already in that buying mindset. And then as you read, you will see I have a list of benefits, what this means for kiddos that are coming to this course, and even what it means for parents that are dropping off their kids for this course, for this course. So that would be my tip number two. Take the extra time to take your features and turn them into benefits. And let me say this too. Common sense tells us, of course, we've got to have the features in our sales email. All I'm just saying is don't start with your features unless it makes common sense with like an actual course or the product is going to be no longer available by a certain date. You need to start with that information. But you have to include features, details. I use the word details in Crystal's email. You need to include those. You just don't have to start with them. And you sure don't have to end with them. And when I say start and end with them, sometimes that's all we want to talk about are just the features. I love what Amy Porterfield has said in the past on one of her previous podcast episodes. She said, I realized early on that nobody really cared that there were 17 videos in my online course. What they wanted to know was, what are those videos going to do for my life? Okay. So that's my talk on features and benefits. Third tip, add information about if you get this email forwarded to you. Some of my favorite people are including this information in their emails now. And I think it's brilliant because a lot of times when we, when we read great emails, we start thinking about another person who we want to share this email with, email with. So we forward it to them. If I read something about a marketing strategy and I think to myself, oh my goodness, so-and-so and so-and-so has got to read this. They're going to love this. Or this email is exactly what I was talking about with so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm going to forward this to them. Well, we know this is happening. So as the writers of emails make it very clear to the person who got the forwarded email, what can they do so that they can get these emails in their inbox without having to rely on somebody to forward it to them? So in Crystal's email at the very end, I said something like, if this email was forwarded to you, I am so happy. Hey, get on my newsletter right here. And so I put a little link where they could click to her homepage. In the middle of her homepage, there is a sign-up box where they can sign up to be on her email list. So they know that if they receive this email from a friend, it was forwarded to a friend, they know exactly how they can get on Crystal's email list and they don't have to rely on a friend to pass it on to them. 
I wanted to give you that tip. I'm seeing a lot of my favorite copywriters and business gurus do it. And it just makes sense because that's how I operate inside of my inbox. When I come across information that I want to share with the people that are closest to me or the latest conversations, I forward it on to them. And so we might as well make it easy for the new person to know exactly how to get on our email list. And if we're talking about, in Crystal's situation, a homeschool class, well, you know that people are going to have other friends that homeschool with a lot of times there are cover schools and homeschool parenting groups. So it makes sense that this email really may be forwarded on to another parent who's interested. Friend, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode on how to write a sales email to a warm audience. Now, if you did enjoy this episode, don't forget to rate or review the podcast. You as a business owner know how powerful, you know how powerful ratings and reviews are. So please and a huge thank you. Here's a recap of this episode. Number one, I want to make it clear that this was a sales email to a warm audience. This audience, several members of her email list had already reached out to Crystal and said, hey, when are you going to offer this course? This is an example of a very warm audience. She has in the past written newsletters to them, letting them know what's going on with her business and when she'll be offering the next courses. So receiving an email from her about the next course offering is kind of common for them. Now, another thing is that we often assume that because we send an email to our list, that that's a warm audience. And technically they are. They've already raised their hand and said, I like something that you're doing. We've gotten them on the list somehow. But if a product is brand new, or maybe we haven't tended to that list in a long time, we haven't sat down to write an email to them in a long time, those are examples of not warm audiences. They're not exactly cold, but they are not like what Crystal is experiencing right now. I just make that point to say, if your audience isn't exactly warm, this is a brand new product, or you haven't emailed them in a while, you may have to send multiple sales emails about the same product. That's pretty common. You may have to do that. Another way is to make sure that as you're putting out a new product or service that you talk a lot about it on your social media. Therefore, those that overlap, the people that follow you on social media and they're on your email, those could be examples of warm people in your audience, meaning this is not going to be brand new to them when you put the product or service out there. Number two, there are some visual tips that we can do to make our emails, whether it's a newsletter or a sales email, more readable and easier to digest, to understand. Don't forget that white space is our friend. It helps the brain to relax and not feel overwhelmed. Lists are powerful. It's a way for you to get straight to the point, the most important points. Bolded words are also fantastic. 
Just be sure that when you bold words, that you bold really the most important. Don't overuse the bold like I have been known to do because then it takes away from the emphasis. And then don't forget to put a picture of yourself. I don't mean it. It doesn't have to be huge. I mean, just a small picture, but it lets the reader visualize who wrote this email and who owns this business. The last part of the recap is about the mindset that we have to have when we sit down to write our emails. And one of the tips that I talked about was the subject line. If you are writing a sales email, don't make the subject line cute. Get to the point, what is on sale? Work to create a sense of urgency. Things like now open, limited space, buy before. Now, it is definitely a trick to the trade of copywriting, but it is also being very real with the reader. There really is limited space. It is really open right now. It really is only going to be available to blank. That subject line is important because people who are ready to buy need to know this information right now. If they are even considering a product or service that you offer, that's what we that's why they need to know this information in the subject line. So don't get cute in the subject line. And if your email service provider allows you to add preview text, do it. And let that also just build upon your subject line. Limited space or opens between now and here. Number two, work to make your features into benefits. And bonus points, take those benefits and create a picture using words of what a person's life will look like if they buy from you. So take your features, 14 pages, 700 tricks, ebook, turn it into benefits, garner more attention, feel comfortable on social media, more purchases, and then turn it into a picture. Open your DMs to 15 messages, all of them women who are clamoring to buy your necklace. That is a step that a lot of us skip we spend hours and hours as the business owner, as the creator, working on the features. I mean, that's what we have to do in order to create something. But the features is not what causes someone to buy. We have to address the pain points. What is it that's causing them that ache, that frustration? Those are the benefits that we offer. And we have to address that early on in our sales email. Doesn't mean that we don't mention the feature somewhere but we need to mention the benefits early on. And then the last, don't forget to include a note that lets people who receive the email by forwarding it, or I'm sorry, it was forwarded to them, tell them what the next steps are. Hey, I'm so excited that you got this email. This is how you get on the list so that they come to your inbox too. And you don't have to rely on a friend to forward it. I hope this episode was beneficial to you in some way. Okay, don't forget to head to my site, inspire to engage forward slash sample sales email if you want to look at the email that I wrote for Crystal at Rocket City Social. And you are also welcome to follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at inspire to engage. Once again, it's all lowercase, no spaces, and two is spelled out, T-O. 
And if you happen to be interested in sewing classes and you're in the Huntsville, Alabama area, definitely look up Crystal Brewer. She's at Rocket City Social. Don't forget social is S-E-W-C-I-A-L. And you can find her on Instagram and Facebook. And her website is rocketcitysocial.com. Until next week, bye.